It's nighttime on the internet. A new mother patiently explains emoticons to her hungry baby. A cat actually laughs out loud. Porn won't stop happening. It's time for the Pod F Tompcast. Welcome to the Pod F Tomcast, an audiophonic collection of comedy-type ramblings and bitlets offered freely to a trusting, uncynical public, presided over by your master of ceremonies, Mr. Paul F. Tompkins. The Pod F. Tomcast, episode... Nine? Oh, huh? Jaunty right out of the gate. I love it. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. It is nighttime on the internet. And welcome to the Pod F. Tompcast, hosted by me, Paul F. Tompkins. I want, you, you know, I almost want to say I. Shouldn't it be I? Hosted by I, Paul F. Tompkins. Sounds grander. I wish grammar would allow you the option of grandiosity but I'm just having delusions of it. Ladies plus gentlemen, welcome to this, the ninth episode of this thing of ours, of La Cosa Nostra. (laughs) Uh, It starts like this. It starts like this. It starts with me just saying whatever pops into my head. Things are not really popping into my head right now. They are slowly sauntering in there. And it is a little irritating. Let's go, thoughts. Let's stop being too cool for school. Let's get into my head so I can spit you out of my mouth. I thought we had a deal. Brain. I get mad at my brain sometimes, I guess doesn't do stuff that I want it to do. Well, is that, is that what it is? Do I want it to do things or do I, am I mad? Am I kind of mad that it's not capable of certain things? I think that's what it really is. Like, I think, I'm assuming that I'm smarter than I am. And then maybe my brain is, has been trying to tell me for a really long time, I am maxed out, dude. I'm in the red. This is this is all you're going to get. I'm not hiding anything from you. You know, it's that thing that they say that human beings only use 10% of their brain, which I just believed for forever. And I feel like I heard recently some science person say, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> What? Why would that be? We only use 10% of our brains. We're using everything. Now, I don't know if that's true. I don't know what to believe about brains and science people. And I wish science people would have a shorter term for what they're called. I wish linguists would help science people out. Anyway, science people, I wish you would... 
I wish you would really just get on the same page with each other and then tell us what we need to know. Global warming, most of you agree that it is a thing. Five of you do not. Come on. What is this, a gum commercial? I'm kidding, I know it's not. I know that this, <laughs> the science and studies about global warming are not a gum commercial. Can I say this right now? I think gum is... Uh, why do we still have it? It seems like such an old-fashioned thing. And it's not good. Gum is not good. It's for children. And adults who chew gum, I don't get it. Loses its flavor so quickly. Then you gotta find a place to get rid of it. If you care about your fellow human beings, you keep the little piece of paper, if it's that brand of gum, you spit it back out into that, and you carry it around on your person looking for a trash can. Now, and that's if, that's if you remember that you have that uh, gum wrapped up, mummified in that piece of paper. If you don't remember, maybe you wash that shirt and then gum everywhere. But if you, otherwise, you're like if you don't have the piece of paper, if you you got your gum from a blister pack, this unpleasant term. Oh, let me put that in my mouth. It came out of a blister. Then you're you're, you're like wandering the globe looking for a trash can to spit out your stupid gum. And if you're like the people that go to my gym, you just spit the gum in a cup holder of a machine. Oh! People spitting gum everywhere. Just... Uh, that's just truly, truly antisocial. Truly antisocial. People who consider themselves apart from the family of man. Shame on you. Woe betide you, gum spitters. Gum spitters, I chew you in my mouth, saith the Lord. That's, I say that on behalf of the Lord. Oh, what I just, the irony of it just came to me. That <laughs> they chew gum and they spit it out and then Almighty God would be chewing them in his mouth. And spitting them out. That's what, um, I think it was hypocrites. Hypocrites, I spit you out of my mouth. That's in scripture, that God chews up hypocrites and spits them out. That's what you get for being a hypocrite. Now that I am older and I think about the crime of hypocrisy, the sin of hypocrisy, I think, oh boy, that's, how do you escape being a hypocrite? <laughs> I'm sure there's a million things that I am an out and out hypocrite on without even realizing it. Man, oh man. What do, what do I do? God, I gotta start thinking about just everything. What am I, am I potentially hypocritical on this? It's gonna take me the rest of my life. I, and I, I bet I still will miss a few things. 
And I'll end up getting spit out of the mouth of God. Well, good news, Paul. Way to go. Thanks a lot, brain. 10% of you. Ladies and gentlemen, you didn't come here to listen to this. I mean, if you're a new subscriber to the podcast, if you're an old, old subscriber, subscriber. First of all, you know I like to pronounce things in a folksy way. Subscribers. Secondly, that's exactly why you came here. It's for this. Nonsense. Um, we have a, a nice episode for you again. It's a nice one for you. We have crazy call with our friend Jen Kirkman. She tells us about an adventure from her high school days. We have a wonderful sketch from the Paul F. Tompkins show, my live variety show here in Los Angeles. It is a good one. It's a longer one than usual. There's some there's some uh, riffing that happens at the top of it. It does not usually happen at the top of the sketches, but it, I think you will enjoy it. That stars Maya Rudolph and John Hamm. How do you like that? And of course we have the latest installment of our ongoing series, The Great Undiscovered Project. Now last time, Gary Marshall, Ice-T, Andrew Lidweber, they're all on the phone together. It is time to move forward with... The, with mm. ah, ah, words! Stupid! Stupid Tompkins! You idiot! I hate you! Hope this isn't on mic. Last time, Gary Marshall, Ice-T, Andrew Lidweber got on the phone together. It's time to start moving this project forward. They're plotting it out now. It's happening. Everybody had assigned tasks. Gary Marshall's going to start rounding up the actors. He's going to start talking to them. And so he makes a call. He makes a call to someone. To whom does he make said call? Well, you will have to continue listening to find out. I hope you don't find that too taxing. Listening, what you're already doing. I'm just asking you to continue doing what you're doing. Don't close your ear flaps if you are a mutated human being. Or some sort of highly evolved, uh, I don't know, animal? What animals can close their ear flaps? Oh, I do not have time to get into this. All right, you listen to this sketch, and I'll be thinking about ear flap animals. How many are there? What are their politics? What other flaps can they close? All right, we all have our homework. <laughs> Mine, ear flap animals, yours, listening to this. In the recent past, a group of creative giants collaborated on an epic artistic endeavor. Shrouded in secrecy, the project was hidden away by the very geniuses that brought it to life. The Pod F. Tomcast has obtained a series of phone calls, recorded by an unknown party, 
that tell the tale of this venture's initiation and subsequent abandonment. This is the story of The Great Undiscovered Project. Previously on The Great Undiscovered Project. Treasure! Oh, I've been dying to talk to you. Who is this? Johnny, it's me, Gary Marshall. Well, well, well. I never thought I'd live to see the day that Gary Marshall would be calling little old John Lithgow. What's the matter, Gary? Someone holding Barbara hostage? John, let's not start. I know it's been a long time. 33 years, Gary. Okay, 33 years. A long time didn't cover it? Sorry I didn't bring my abacus to the telephone. You want to talk or not? First off, I'd like an apology. Come on, it's not enough I was wrong, and it didn't hurt your career any. Well, it didn't help either. I'm about to hang up the phone, Gary. Okay, okay. John, I'm sorry I said you could never play a convincing space alien, and I didn't cast you in my TV show. And? And, obviously, you could play a convincing space alien, because years later you won multiple Emmy Awards for playing a space alien on television. And? Uh, and, I don't know, you're the greatest actor since John Garfield. What more do you want? That'll do nicely, Gary. Thank you. It's water under the bridge now. Terrific. Now, I need your help with this Andrew Lloyd Webber, whatever it's gonna be. Oh, I've never co-directed anything before. Yeah, well, your streak's still alive. I don't need a co-director. I need you to talk to the other actors, do some bonding as the core cast. You think you can do that? Of course. I love talking about the craft with my fellow craftsmen. We'll take a road trip to Joshua Tree and connect ourselves to the Earth and to each other. Oh, good. I was afraid for a second it wouldn't be nuts. So you'll talk to those guys? Absolutely. Just tell me who. Uh, you know Mr. Brainwash? But of course I do. I've known him since he was selling old Lucky Charms t-shirts for $200. I've already agreed to coach him. Fun! You know about his condition, right? Yeah, the poor devil. But don't worry. If his present state means he won't fit my Renault, I'll rent a U-Haul trailer and lay him down lengthways. Who else? You know John C. Riley. Every actor knows John C. Riley. We all know each other. And you know about his condition? Well, I have an idea. People talk, you know. I heard he's addicted to mothballs. What? No. Mothballs? Yes! I heard he eats mothballs all day long and his breath smells like a grandmother's closet. No, no, it's not mothballs. It's dragees. The little metal balls from cakes. What? That's ridiculous! Oh, but mothballs made sense. Touché. Poor guy. Is he able to work? Yeah, we're gonna wean him off the stuff. Actually, this trip will do him good. Oh, I'm sure it will. I'll definitely want him in fighting trim for this picture. I'm expecting an all-out acting contest. John, no. It's gotta be a team effort. I don't want you boys to get into some kind of competition when the cameras are rolling. Seriously? <laughs> I got you! Hey, you know how I work, John. Tear each other's throats out! The best movies always happen when actors try to crush each other. Yeah. And John, I know you'll go for it. No quarter ass, none given. There you go, you loud sociopath. Thank you. Okay, Gar, I'll call the other fellows and arrange this right away. Thank you. By the way, I heard you're looking for the Loch Ness Monster. Who told you that? Oh, Gary, it's just around. This is Hollywood. Any luck yet? Nah, the trail's pretty cold, but I know she's out there. 
You don't happen to know where I could find it, do you? Sorry, no. Nobody knows. I wish I had time to scare up some concrete leads, but this movie is getting in the way. I was kind of hoping I could set the thing in Scotland. No. The Scottish country. But I can see that's not going to happen. Sorry. Theater actors. Okay, Johnny. Get together with those guys and have a nice sweat lodge or whatever. Will do, Mon Capitaine. Okay. Talk to you later, Gare. Oh, and Gary. Yeah? Thanks for calling. It means so much to me. You have no idea. Hang on, John. What's that, Barbara? Okay. Sorry, John. I gotta go. Barbara needs me to open a jaw. Gary, I need you. Oh, but I could just condense what I'm going to Sorry, say. Sorry, bye. Now, if I say interrupt me after one minute, what does one minute mean to you? Well, I'm sorry, I'm not a professional actress. I'm not asking for Medea. I just want you to get me off the phone. I don't want to talk to these people. They're crazy. Maybe you should choose your company more wisely. Now you're telling me this after all these years. Come on. This is my business. I got no choice. How come we can't retire? This again. Look. I like to work. I'm trying to compromise with you and make this my last picture. Then we go find the Loch Ness Monster. This is your idea. I know she's out there. I know, honey. I know. That's going to be crazy. What is going to happen next? I think I know. I seriously only think I know. I have a vague idea of what, of what I'm going to write. Don't, wor don't worry about it. It'll get done. It'll be fine. You know what? You have a, if you if that's uh, if that's something you gotta worry about, you got a pretty nice life. Is Paul gonna write the next? That that's you don't sound like that. Here's what I do think you sound like. Do you mind if I do a quick impression of what I think the audience of this podcast sounds like? <laughs> Why did I set myself up like that? <laughs> now I have to come up with something. And it better be good. I wonder if Paul shall write the next installment of the sketch. Now that's just insulting. Unless you do sound like that. Oh, I bet there's... <sighs> this podcast has over 100 downloads, so there's probably somebody in there, a couple people that do sound like that. Words like, it's an effort to get words out. And also the little uh, liquid sound. <laughs> and, and grunts and stuff at the end. <laughs> that would be a horrible vocal tick to have, but it would add so much drama to everything. I gotta go pick that stuff up at the cleaners. And you would think, man, that guy, he's, his life is challenging. If that's how, if the cleaners have him that upset, like that errand, 
Mm. What else is going on with him? You know, can I tell you something? That's actually kind of how I am. <laughs> with errands, I always have a lot of errands. And I find myself sighing a lot. Like I think about stuff that I gotta do. And I'll just go, <sighs> out loud. I know my wife hears it too. She doesn't say anything to me about it. But it's like having an old golden retriever in the house. It's wandering from room to room, sighing. Is that, is that really it for me? That's the rest of my life. <laughs> Walking around, sighing. Oh, I might as well be dead. I, didn't, I do not mean that. I don't want some weird supernatural experience where an angel shows me what life would be like if I hadn't been born. And then it turns out it's actually better for everybody. Ugh, that's... How about that? It's a terrible life. This is what it's like if you weren't around. Everyone's happy and smiling. You gotta stay dead. No, thank you, I say. Anyway, I'm still doing this podcast, see? And it's going to keep moving on. And up next, we have... I'm half Italian, I can do that. Up next! That's a little too boratty. Up next, we have a live clip from my variety show. It was a special, it was the ninth anniversary, special anniversary show, ninth anniversary of the first show back in 2002. And I did this crazy sketch with Maya Rudolph and John Hamm, which was a lot of fun to do. I hope you enjoy listening to it. One note, you'll hear John Hamm enter, and then there's a, he does a few lines, and then people go crazy clapping for him. Because he finally turns to face the audience, and then they realize who it is, and they're like, oh, they go crazy. And then you will hear people laughing after they're cheering because John Hamm makes a face and a gesture as if to say, come on, relax, everybody. It's not that big a deal that I'm here. He denies the evidence of his senses. People thought it was a big deal. It's an interesting career thing to say, look, Everybody, I'm not that great. <laughs> I guess it... <laughs> That's something you got to do after you've established yourself. You cannot do that on the way up <laughs> and hope that that reverse psychology pays off. You can't show up at an audition for Mad Men and say, eh, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you in advance, this is not going to be that special. Unless that's what he did, and I do not know what I'm talking about. He might have gone into that Mad Men audition and said, just warning you right now before I read even the first word, I'm not such a good actor. Okay, let's go. And then the producers were like, this guy, something about him. I, he was wrong about himself. He's great. We should hire him just to make him feel better. Nice work, John Hamm. Nice work. You got them to paint the metaphorical fence of your career. I think that works. 
Anyway, please do enjoy this clip, which also features an unintentionally very low chair in which the very pregnant Maya Rudolph had to sit. <laughs> we did not realize how low the chair was. And so we make, we make hay of that. Make hay with it. We make hay around it. So enjoy this sketch. Or be damned. Those are your choices. Ladies and gentlemen, in all the years we've been doing this show, uh, people have uh, periodically told me what they would like to see on the show. And without a doubt, the number one thing, the number one thing we heard from more than anything that people wanted to see on this show was to see a lady lift a piano over her head. <laughs> So here's the piano, and here is the lady. Please welcome our friend Maya Rudolph, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, be great. Yeah, I think, thank you for having me, um, Paul. Of course, thank you for being here. Um, I wish you would have given me a heads up, though, about what I was gonna do on the show tonight. You only think you wish that, but surprise is the spice of life. <laughs> really, I thought variety was the spice of life. It isn't, surprise! <laughs> so get to piano lifting already. No, look at me, I am visibly pregnant. Well, so you, so? What do you mean, sir? <laughs> Pregnant ladies can't lift pianos, genius. Fair enough. But if you weren't pregnant, you could absolutely do it, right? Of course. Okay, that's all I wanted to know. Well, I tried the one guy who said he wanted to see that. <laughs> oh, my heavens, where are my manners? You are great with child. Please sit down. Why, thank you. I do you. apologize. Oh, it's nice and low. Now, you're... <laughs> what the... <laughs> it's, a nice, it's a nice low chair, right? Is this from your dorm room? Is it... <laughs> Jesus. That's right. It's a nice way to sit, right? Yeah, it's very, it's very ladylike. It's very classy. My hands might as well be open. <laughs> In my mind, the chair was higher. It goes down. We should have had it for rehearsal, but we didn't. <laughs> nope. It's good. It's good. No, I'm going to pretend. I'm going to use my abdomen. Absolutely. Well, isn't it? It seems like it's busy right now. <laughs> should, we, should we get you another chair? No. Nope. Are you sure? No? Okay. Fair enough. It's much funnier this way. Absolutely. I think people like this sort of behind the scenes thing can too. Can you see me down here? I sort of. I can make you out. <laughs> I see the shape that is you. <laughs> Maya, mm -hmm. do you know if you're having a boy or a girl? Well, uh, I think it's a girl, but I don't want to know until she's born. I, I you know, I want to be surprised. You know, surprise is the spice of life. <laughs> Well, I bet it's gonna be a boy. No, I think it's a girl. 
It, you know, it feels like a girl. Maya, we all feel that way. <laughs> because of our guts and intestines and such, we all feel like there's a little girl growing inside of us. That is true. Yeah, yeah. Oh, if you don't mind, can I try a little something? It's a little something my old grandmother taught me from, it's a little old folk thing from the old country oh. that she used to do to predict the sex of the baby. Oh, well, what do you do? Oh, it's very simple. This is what my nono taught me. You just put a string around your cell phone, uh -huh. right? <laughs> you text, what is the gender of this baby to the future? <laughs> then you dangle the phone over the mother's belly, mm -hmm. and then you get a text back that tells you. Oh. Yeah. Okay, I'll humor you. All right, here we go. Okay. What is the sex of this baby and scent? All right, there we go. All right. It's old immigrant science here. Wow. There we go. These are my boobs. You got to go a little bit lower. Right? Oh, sorry. There, there you go. It's taking forever wow. to get the... Oh, we got the response. All right, now you should look first because you're the mama. Oh, that's so sweet. Sure. Be careful what you text for. Oh, Paul, that sounds oh. ominous. It does sound ominous. Wait, what's going on with the lights? The lights are flickering. What's that noise? What's happening? Something's happening. Oh my God, Maya, a strange figure is walking towards us. He's got a helmet on of some kind. I don't mind telling you, I'm afraid. We never should have dabbled in black science. You're right. Please speak, figure. Who are you? Show your face to us. Greetings from the future. Who, who are you? You have summoned me from a time that does not yet exist. <laughs> Maya Rudolph, he I am you. your son. What? He's your son? My, oh God. <laughs> Thank God that's over. My son, my baby boy. Look at you, you're all grown up, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I just wanted to make sure, because you said you were from the future, and I don't know if you meant like three months from now, future. You know, you know what I mean. No, I am from the year 2051. It's a dark, dystopian time where human beings are at war with monsters. I knew it! I knew it! Oh, mankind, you stupid fools! This is what comes of letting mindless automatons do our work for us. We sit and grow fat while machines churn our butter, and now... them. <laughs> they are steampunking them to death. Oh, curse you, you wooden robots. You stay away from my son. My baby boy. 
You go to hell, you bunch of Pinocchios! Wait, wait, no, 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 we are not at war with wooden robots, God. I wish, that would be so much easier. Well then, who, who are we fighting? Bugs. Bugs? Yes. So gross. So gross. Vast army of disgusting bugs rising up as one to fight humanity and blotting out the sun. It is just gross. Why are the bugs attacking us? They're gross. What part of that do you not understand? Get it through your thick skull. Jeez. Hey, take it easy. I can't take it easy. I'm in a war against bugs. Hey, um, this guy's your son. You think you can get him to calm down a little bit? Oh, do you have kids? Oh, no, I don't. Then don't try to tell me how to parent, okay? <laughs> honey, honey, just tell me one thing. Before that awful war, do you get to be happy? Do you get to run and jump and play? I get to run and play. I don't get to jump. <laughs> I was born without certain crucial tendons. Oh, no. Oh, it, is it my fault? Yes. <laughs> you ate circus peanuts while I was in the womb, and there are a lot of chemicals in them, and so I was born deformed. You ate a lot of circus peanuts. <laughs> oh, honey, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'll stop. Wait a second. Wait a second. That's right. Everything that we do in the present affects you in the future. So, if you stop eating circus peanuts today, never eat another one, that means that by now, you will be able to jump. So go ahead. Oh, honey, I will stop starting today. Go ahead and jump right now. Jump, my baby. <laughs> You really don't stop eating them? No. Oh, God, I, God, I love them so much. I'm really sorry about your tendons, sweetie. But tell me this. Do you get to kiss a girl? Mother! I'm sorry. A, a boy, maybe? Mother! We don't have time for such trivia. The fate of humanity lies in the balance. Well, just tell us what to do. Fine. You have to kill the fly that started it all. His name is Julius. He gets all the other bugs to, to join his cause. Oh, is, is that Julius? No, no, it's a regular bee, but I'm super allergic. Honey, honey, calm, calm down. Just, just ignore him and he'll leave you alone. Thank you, Mother. Oh, I will always be there for you, my Always? Son. Really? Do you want to get into that with me right now? No, I do not. That bee, that bee is back. No. Oh, no, it's Julius. Hello, Julius. You may be the greatest fly who ever lived because you traveled from Boston to Seattle on a plane and lived but I will not let you bring down humanity.
oh my God, Paul, Julius is on your face. Do what you have to do for humanity. Not now. God. Oh, mother. I've done it. I've done it. I've saved humanity. I killed Julius. What is happening to me? Why do I sound like this? Why do I sound like this? Wait a minute. I, I think when you killed Julius, it somehow affected your personal future. Oh, God, of course. That's what happened when I killed Julius. I killed all of my coolness, too. Oh. Now I sound like a stupid idiot. Oh, no. No, no, honey. I, I think you have a nice voice. No, it's not nice. It's so stupid. I sound like... I sound like Hubert H. Hamster. The third. Who's that? It's a cartoon from the future. Oh, but honey, you saved all of humanity. No, it doesn't matter. No, I'll never get to kiss a girl ever. Thanks a lot, Mom. <laughs> My son, he saved the world. He hit me with a magazine really hard. What are you gonna name him? Evelyn. Good. That was something. He. He really hit me. He, you know, I gotta say, he could have hit me harder. I gave him license to, but he was worried about hitting my ear with the magazine. He had a rolled up magazine. That's what he hit me with. Oh, I probably should have explained that in the setup, but I think you probably figured it out. I hope that wasn't a moment as you were listening to it, like, what did he hit him with? I gotta say also, as much as I, I you know, I, I gave him license to hit me hard, and sort of hit me on the top of the head with a magazine. And it made a fairly satisfying sound. And I appreciate his concern over my ear, not wanting to make me deaf. Because it, what a horrible way to go deaf, by the way. <laughs> Why are you deaf in one ear? Uh, first of all, I don't like your tone. That's how you ask me. <laughs> Very confrontational. Secondly, it's because I was doing a fun sketch. Silly, silly jumping around sketch. It was John Hamm who made me deaf to set. Add any coolness to it? It does, it helps. Oh, there's no pleasing you. You're very rude. Please show yourself out of my office. I take it I didn't get the job. You are correct. Bonus sketch. <laughs> Boy, that was a good one. Anyway, wait, what? Oh, so he hits me on the head. The reaction from the audience. It's like they were 
dying to see me get hit. What? Why do people come to the show? Why do I... Is my audience made up of people that hate me? I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand you people. My relationship to you is... It's very strange. It's very, very strange. Hmm. Hmm. Something to think about. Not one to grow on, though. Just something to think about. Well, here's something to think about. Think about what's happening next. It is a call with my friend Jen Kirkman. She tells me about this crazy thing she did when she was a teenager. Don't, ladies and gentlemen, don't teenagers do the strangest thing. We forget that they are actually people, but they are the worst. Oh, teenagers. Stop being teenagers already. Start being in your 20s, at least. If you're a teenager listening to this, of course I don't mean you. I mean your friends. So please enjoy this call with Jen. And I'll be back afterwards. I'm not going anywhere. Stop being so scared. Um, I spent a night in a prison <laughs> for charity. And... <laughs> <laughs> This is, well, it was in 1992, my uh, senior year in high school. Sure. A new correctional facility was being built in the town next to ours, and there was this huge outcry. Everyone's freaking out. What I'm hearing is, like, rapists and murderers are going to be staying. Not staying, like, a resort. But... <laughs> They're going to be checking in <laughs> through Priceline. <laughs> Free HBO. <laughs> and so before they opened it, to the prison public, they let people stay there. <laughs> the prison public? You mean like all the prisoners that were like patiently waiting? <laughs> They're like, oh, I want to murder this lady, but <laughs> the prison's not ready I have yet. nowhere to go after. <laughs> but yeah, so I was like, I, there was a thing where you could pay money to stay overnight in the prison. And when you say they pay money, it was for charity. Yeah, I paid $100, and it went to, I think, Greenpeace was the charity that I chose to give to. Right. At that point. You could do two things. There were two shifts. You could just go for dinner or, like, you know, four hours, mm -hmm. or you could stay overnight. Mm -hmm. I was like, put me in solitary overnight, and then... Well, in solitary? It. Oh, it's horrifying. Is that... It's you really were in fun. solitary? I was locked down. They treat you like a prisoner. They they gave us a big speech. This isn't a joke. Wow. Like, they were like, you are going to be treated as a prisoner. You lose your rights when you come behind these doors. Yeah, so, you you know, your my parents dropped me off at the correctional facility, and then <laughs> you get in a paddy wagon. Mm -hmm. You're transported up this hill. You see the barbed wire. They're yelling at you the whole time. And then we get there. You get undressed. You put your uniform on put on my jumpsuit. They fingerprint you, which hurts. You get your mug shot, get yelled at for making a stupid face, even though you didn't think you're making a stupid face. <laughs> you get cuffed. They put the ankle chains on you. I'm in chains, ankle chains. Man, oh man. And then they took the ankle chains off. They're like, okay, okay, we're not going to do that. We're just showing you guys what these are like. <laughs> so they, they, step, they step out of character for a second. 
Yes, they did. That was like <laughs> the way beginning, like just showing you, but we don't have to change anything here. <laughs> and then they take all your stuff away. And I thought I could keep my book and my Walkman and just sit in the prison cell and be alone and yeah, stuff. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, they took everything. <laughs> and they're like, there's no book, and you have to earn that privilege. And then they take you to your cell, and it's terrifying. It's, yeah. it's just a bed and a desk, and it's really small, and a little sink and a little, like, horrible toilet-ish thing. <laughs> and they say, you can't. I sat on the bed, and they said, get off that bed. You do not sit on the bed until lights out. That is a privilege to sit on the bed. You had to, in solitary, sit at the desk or stand. You could not go oh, near the bed until lights out. I didn't know there was, like, rules inside of solitary. I thought it was just it was bad enough that you were just there by yourself. Because it's not, like, a huge cell, right? No, it's like being in a closet. I'm, well, this is why I did it, so I could tell the people... You know, what's going on there, man? Behind bars. Not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that was terrifying. So then we came out of the cell, and it was time for dinner. And I am still am, but was vegetarian, and so I couldn't really eat anything except the bread. And I was fine with it. Even in a prison, you didn't raise a fuss. <laughs> nope. The uh, people started noticing that I was just eating bread, and this one woman was like, when do you want to diet? And again, these are Boston people. Yeah. They're not Boston, but Massachusetts. They're kind of like dark humor, negative people to begin with. It's like, when do you want a diet or something? You know, and then someone else says something like, why do you have any meat? And, and, you know, there's not snacks later. You can't order a pizza. And I was like, oh, I'm a vegetarian, <laughs> thinking I'm just talking to other people who are paying money to charity yes. in prison. They're having this and same they experience. Are acting yeah. Like MSNBC locked up. They're like, oh, vegetarian. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is happening? And they start just making fun of me and, like, banging the table, like, in unison. Like, like I, I just kind of going crazy, making noises and banging things on the table. And then the guard is coming over. Shut up. What is all the yelling about? Quiet. God. I'm like, oh, my God. This is intense. Wow. These are adults. These are people's parents. And they're screaming so much that the guard had to come over and yell at us. And then they tried to blame me. They're like, she's a vegetarian. She's trying to, you know, just get on us about meat. And I'm like, no, I didn't. No, I did not wow. do that. And the guard was like, go sit over there. So I had to be separated from everybody. So I went and sat wow. by myself. And then this other table of people was asking me why I was sitting by myself. I'm like, well, I don't eat meat. And then they, these people were kind of, you know, this is crazy. And people are acting like they're real prisoners. And then this other woman at the table I'd originally been at was like, don't talk about us behind their backs. We can hear you. And that's when she threw a meatball at me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, so then we go back to our cell. The cells. Mm -hmm. And it's only like... I think eight and lights out isn't until 11. So I'm in there for three more hours just sitting. And I made it through just thinking at my desk. Mm -hmm. What were you thinking while you were sitting there? I mean, about a boy I liked. And you weren't allowed to knock on the door. <laughs> there was this 
if you were, like, panicking or nervous and you wanted to get the guard's attention, you couldn't bang on the door because that's an offense in prison, so you would be disciplined. Oh, I see. But you I can definitely know. do that thing with the cup uh, back and forth on the bars. <laughs> so there was one button you could press, and that was the button that if you pressed it, you had to go home for the night, and that was a very shameful thing. Oh, so... Yeah, so I'm sitting there for three hours, and I thought, oh, I can't wait for lights out because I will just go to sleep. And when they came by, lights out! They are so mean. It is horrifying, and they're slamming doors, and they're clanging things, and their keys, and they're, lights out! And they put their lights out, they come in, they put your light out, and they slam the door. Oh. Did you try telling them that you were not tired? Have you? You haven't been in prison, have you? No, no, I haven't. I haven't. But that's probably what I would do. If they yelled lights out, I would say, I am not tired. Can we have a little more, just another half hour of lights? Lights out. No, thanks. I'm good. Because lights out means you have to get into your bunk or something? Lights out means that's it, everybody. I'm coming to turn your light off, and you are not to uh, put it back on. It means it's bedtime. Stop what you're doing. Right. Get out. Stop having fun at that desk. Do you think it would be? <laughs> do you think it would be as scary if they'd yelled bedtime? <laughs> Nighty night, guys. Come on. <laughs> Nighty night. It's bedtime. Garbage. <laughs> Garbage. If the lights out, I I get into bed, and now I am physically shaking with panic. I don't know what is happening. I'm full blown losing it, and I had been bragging that I was going to do the stay overnight thing. Right. Who would do the thing that ends at eleven? The losers. <laughs> and just like, of course, I'm gonna. I'm gonna love being there. I'm gonna do all this stuff. I'm gonna read and I mean I really thought I was going to start doing push-ups I don't know what I thought I was going to do but I really thought I was going to do the lifestyle yeah the, life, just, the lifestyle <laughs> yeah. it's a lifestyle choice but yeah I just panicked and I just felt confined and I ran right to that buzzer <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't make it through the night it was so embarrassing I think I laid there an hour and then they had to call my parents to come get me because I didn't make it through the night. When you press the button, do they then uh, drop the character? Yes, yes. Drop the act immediately. Right. The minute they drop the act, you realize how dumb you were being. Of course right. it's fine. And then you have to call your parents after bragging and after them going, you're not going to stay on it. Yes, I am. <laughs> And just calling them. I couldn't make it. I was scared. Oh. No, but this lady threw a meatball at me. It felt weird. <laughs> then, of course, I find out a little while ago that it wasn't a maximum security murder, rapist, you know, death row, dead man walking prison. It was right. a, you're there for three to six months at the most. So this whole hysteria of the type of people that were going to be even in the radius was never even real, I don't think. And also, I, we, we were not near it. I can't even explain to you how not near it we were. 
We all know how sensitive you are. Lights out! Did that make you scream? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Southie. You just sent me right back to when I was in the big house. Oh, I did not mean to do that. Actually, clearly I did. Um, Southie, I'm glad. Look, I'm glad you're out. And welcome back to the outside. (laughs) Look, all I can say is stay out of trouble. So keep your eye on the sparrow. I don't know what that is. No, you don't know what my reference is. <laughs> I'm not as old, me, older than I you. I know. You make, you make me feel like I'm a thousand years old. Like I'm from the greatest generation because I referenced Beretta. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I wouldn't have known about Beretta even if I was around then. You weren't either. No, Beretta's from the, the late 70s. Oh, okay. Well, I was around. I just wasn't paying attention. I was watching Hardy Boys. <laughs> I used to love Hardy Boys. Oh, me too. I had a crush on them. I had a crush on Nancy Drew. Really? She seems annoying. <laughs> I was in your business. Well, she's the same as the Hardy Boys. Jen, this double standard is very sexist. I know you're right. I don't care you're for right. it. Right. Male you know? detectives are hot, and women ones are annoying. <laughs> or maybe I'm just not gay. Oh, trying to solve crimes. Get out of my business. Ugh. Go cook something, Lenny. <laughs> Go cook something for the Hardy Boys. They're hard at work trying to solve <laughs> crimes. <laughs> Their hair is getting unfeathered. <laughs> They're working so hard. All right, Salvi. I will I will talk to you soon. I hope so. Lights out! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, lights out. Lights out. I got I got to say being being in prison absolutely terrifying. I I think about it. I am a I am a law-abiding person. But not a day goes by, I don't think. Mm, what if somehow I Am framed for a crime if it's just a case of mistaken identity. I end up in jail for the rest of my life. Oh, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good, you guys. Really, truly terrifying. I went to, I was in jail once when I was a kid, when I was in my late teens. I used to smoke cigarettes. Gross. Stupid. It's 2011. No more cigarettes, everybody. Knock it off. <laughs> really, it's not. It's ridiculous. 2011. People are still smoking. So I smoked cigarettes. Back in Philadelphia, I smoked a cigarette on the subway. Went one stop. Cop pulled me off the subway handcuffed me behind my back took me to the police station sat in a cell for 45 minutes scared out of my mind what is happening I'm in the biggest trouble I've ever been in this is this is trouble this is for a guy like me afraid of being in trouble this really is the Olympics of being in trouble I'm in a jail cell let me out after 45 minutes then I was supposed to go to court show up in court got a summons 
and be there, and then, you know, I would have had to pay a fine. And I didn't go, I didn't go to the thing. And then they, they issued a bench warrant for my arrest. And I wrote it out, I wrote it out. And I believe the statute of limitations has expired on my smoking crime. <laughs> Man, I hope so. I am in trouble if it has not. This was a long time ago. I hope they just make me pay the fine. Oh, by the way, I hope you're not gonna snitch on me. You know what happens to snitches? They receive stitches as a result of wounds incurred from snitching. It's not, they are not given like some sort of embroidered pillow. They're beaten to within an inch of their life. And chances are it will require stitches. Unless it's just all body blows. If it's like, um, you know, put some uh, bars of soap in a sock, start swinging them. You probably won't need stitches. You, you know what? You want to have yourself checked out, though, um, to make sure there's no internal damage, any ruptures or bleeding or anything like that. I'm worried about you. I, I, I'm, I'm worried about my snitch fans. Can any other comedians make that claim, that they are concerned for their own snitch fans? They cannot, they would not, they should not, and they do not. They do not. What do they do? What do they do? I can't speak for them. I can't speak to their actions. I don't know what they do. I know what I do. I know what Paul F. Tompkins does. Do you know what Paul F. Tompkins does? You're about to find out. Paul F. Tompkins comes to your town. Oh, that's right. Paul F. Tompkins comes to your hemisphere, Australia. It is April, the 1st through the 17th. If you live in Melbourne, Australia, or if you travel to it, you don't have to live there. You can also, you're allowed to go there. This, this city has not been sealed, to the best of my knowledge. I will be performing as part of the Melbourne Comedy Festival, the Melbourne Town Hall, in the unfortunately named The Powder Room. Don't care for it? I know that it means the same thing. Why are you doing that? Why? For information, you can go to comedyfestival.com.au or you can memorize this URL. Comedyfestival.com.au forward slash 2011 forward slash season forward slash shows forward slash Paul dash F dash Tompkins dot no dash life dash S dash work forward slash. Did you get that? I'm sure you, uh, sure you recorded that in your brain. Okay, so I'll see you there. That's where we're going to be for most of April. Then I come home. 
Friday, April 22nd, West Hollywood, California, Largo at the Coronet. It's the Paul F. Tompkins Show with special guests, Caitlin Olson from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Tom Brusso from Music. For tickets, go to laughstub.com forward slash PFT. It is fun to forward slash, ladies and gentlemen. Ask anyone. Ask anyone with a large enough knife. Saturday, May 14th, Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's right. I waited out the winter, Minnesotans. I will be at the Parkway Theater. Uh, It's just me, by myself, part of the Tompkins 300 uh, performances. Not 300 performances. It's the Tompkins 300 performances. Not the Tompkins. 300 performances. I'll be at the Parkway Theater. Brownpapertickets.com forward slash event forward slash 158019. All right. There you go, Rain Men. You've memorized that. You're ready to go. Friday, May 27th. Denver, Colorado. Colorado, excuse me. I know you're one of those. Colorado. The Gothic Theater. Oh, boy. I'm going to put on my black lipstick. Tease up my hair. It's going to be great. I'm going to be doing some classic Robert Smith covers. Uh, gothictheater.com forward slash show. They keep it simple there. Right, Australia birds, whatever you are. And there you go. So that's uh, April and May covered for you. Also, Jen Kirkman, our friend Jen Kirkman. She'll be appearing in Connecticut, in New York, in Atlanta, Nashville, Seattle. For details, go to jenkirkman.com. Look under live performance schedule. Look under there. Lift it up. Take a peek. Bring your flashlight or torch, as they say in Australia, I think, because of the Englishy connection. They were criminals. Oh, and this very special announcement. Saturday, June 19th. Oh, 18th. I've already screwed it up. Saturday, June 18th. Episode 12 of the Pod F Tompcast. We're going to be celebrating one year by doing a live recording of the podcast at Largo in West Hollywood. Every part of the podcast done in front of a live audience. The Rambles. The Great Undiscovered Project. That's right. We have a way to do it live. A sketch with a special guest. To be deed. Determined. A chat with Jen Kirkman right in front of your face. All of this. Damon Crawl, our announcer, will be there. Anna, the sleepy voice of the internet, she will be there. This is all going to happen live. Tickets will be on sale soon. But mark it down. Saturday, June 18th. Largo at the Coronet in West Hollywood. Live Pod F Top casting. Oh, I didn't mention if Febben Schleder will be there. He will be! Of course he will be! I couldn't do it otherwise. Just be long silences. <laughs> anyway... Throw another shrimp on the Sheila. And, uh... See me live. Or perish. Two more choices for you. Alright, that's it. Remember, pour one out for Peter Allen. Uh, There you go. We're at the end, ladies and gentlemen. We're at an... We're at another end of the uh, brain.
That was like 5%. We are at the end of another episode of the Pod F Topcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope that my hoping for your enjoyment matters to you. Because when I listen to anything, if I listen to a podcast, the thought that I have running through my head is, I hope the person who made this podcast hopes that I enjoyed it. And hardly anybody says that at the end of their podcast. Did you know that? Did you know that podcast statistic? Hardly any hosts of podcasts say at the end, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Much less acknowledge the hopes of the listener that they hope that the host hopes that they enjoyed it. I feel like I'm covering a lot of bases here. I'm very proud of myself. Very proud of myself. Folks, the Pod F Tomcast is produced by Eben Schletter and myself with sound design and music by Mr. Schletter. For more information on Eben Schletter, look in a mirror and say his name three times. Our announcer is Damon Crawl, and the sleepy voice of the internet is Anna. Thanks to everyone at Largo of the Largo of the Coronet. Oh my, we're down to 3% brain. Thanks to everyone at Largo at the Coronet for allowing me to put on the Paul F. Tompkins show there month after month and to record it without their knowledge. Please don't tell them, why do I record so many things on this podcast without the knowledge of the people involved? Just for fun. Thank you to Janie, my wife. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Thank you, dear. That's how we talk to each other around the house. It is unpleasant. Don't judge my marriage. How dare you. Glass houses. If you would like to ever pay for anything I do, <laughs> if you ever feel like lifting up your mattress, getting some cash out, my CDs and my DVD are available on AST Records. That is a specialthing.com forward slash store. Throw an extra forward slash on the end. I don't know if it's important or not, that extra forward slash. I just copied and pasted the URL. The URL. I like to say URL. I'm also still doing the American Idol recaps for the Vulture section of New York Magazine Online. NYMAG.com forward slash TV forward slash American dash idol forward slash you don't even have to watch the show to enjoy them that's what a lot of people are telling me they do not watch the show and they are enjoying them you can find out more about me at pauleftompkins.com Facebook Twitter at pftompkins if you enjoy the show please leave a review on iTunes. And if you don't listen to iTunes, if you get the show through Stitcher, we're on Stitcher. We're on Libsyn. Liberated Syndication. Liberated Syndication. We've done it. 
No more is syndication under the yoke of oppression that is whoever was in charge of it. Guys in top hats, wearing monocles, heavy overcoats with the fur collars, holding bags of money with dollar signs on them. Not money with dollar signs, like it's sort of succotash. I don't know. Anyway, leave a review on iTunes. Thank you all who have said such positive and nice things. It is appreciated. It's nice to hear from people. And we're going to figure out ways that we can communicate more. Because it's good to get the feedback. Well, some of it. You know, this, this is one of those things where a lot of people are divided on it. Some people say, I like all the riffing. I don't like any of the other stuff. Some people say, I like all the other stuff. I don't like any of the riffing. And then there's three people who like the whole thing. Two of them are me and Eben. <laughs> so, uh, because this is for free, I'm not looking to hear how to do my job, my free job. <laughs> but it is nice to touch base with everybody. And it's nice to hear what is making it through to people and all that. I don't know. It's, it's the, this is all a work in progress and we're figuring it out. But there's also a, a Pod F Tomcast app for iPhone and Droid that I'm just mentioning. It's, it's a way you can listen to the show without uh, subscribing via iTunes or some other thing. So if you want to just have them right there, you can do that. It costs a little bit of money. I think it's like $1.99. And I've been reluctant to talk about it because it doesn't do anything fancy yet. It does hold all the episodes. They're all right there. But I want to do more with it. I just don't know what to do yet. So I'll figure it out. So if you feel like it, you can spend some money on that. But you don't have to. If, if it's worth it to you, a little bit of money, to have them all just in one place like that, then good. But I'm not going to push it on people. Once it gets a little cooler, I'll start the pushing. Oh, you'll know when you've been pushed. <laughs> when I push somebody, they stay pushed. Well, that's it, folks. That's the end of our time together. For this episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for looking at whatever you look at while you listen to this, because I consider it part of the experience. Thanks to everybody at the gym. Thanks to everybody at work. Thanks to everybody on a long car trip. No thanks to people who just have this on in the background while they do something that occupies 9% of their, 10% of their brain. Focus on me. I got into show business to be paid attention to. And attention must be paid. I exist! I exist! <laughs> and that is a summation of my entire career, ladies and gentlemen. Me yelling I exist to the world. So there you go. Think about me and think about how damaged I am as you return 
to daytime on the internet. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.